Welcome back, everybody. I'm Father Justin Walsh. And I'm Father Joshua. And we are the Sons of Thunder! <laughs> yeah, do my own song. So, we just had, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, we just had an absolutely megaton interview with uh, Bishop Kagan and the Crushing It with Bishop Kagan segment. And during the break, we were, you know, sitting here talking amongst ourselves just about how nice it is to have kind of, in retrospect, an explanation of actually what was going on. I don't know uh, if you're like me, but I was just saying a little bit ago, uh, my deacon, for example, he's 83, and we were talking about it. I said, you know, Deacon Lloyd, I said, in your whole life, uh, have you ever seen something like what we're going through? I mean, this man has seen, he was a Navy man his whole life. He's seen a lot of stuff. And he said, no, never thing completely brand new and i think what really got my attention uh during the quarantine it was like you know one day we were celebrating mass as normal we had just finished a massive church renovation up here at saint leo's it was a time of you know great celebra- celebration and all of a sudden boom overnight it was the entire globe went dark you know i can remember Watching one diocese after the next diocese, after one country, after the next country, uh, you know, quarantine. And then it was like, boom, suddenly it was night. And there was certainly private celebration of the mass going on. uh, But there was no public celebration of the mass going on. And hearing Bishop Kagan explain, and we're going to have him on in future shows. And I think we're going to get even more insight. um, But certainly, at least in this area with him and Bishop Folda, you know, it wasn't as if... These decisions were made lightly or easily, but they were made with, uh, you know, in, in concert with, with, with the governor. Well, I always uh, say, with, too, that, with, you know, I'm, cr- criticism is a luxury, yeah. right? So, I mean, yeah. people that are criticizing the bishops and, and their decisions, it's, the reason they can do that is because they don't have to make those decisions. It's easy to sit back and say, well, I would have kept everything open. Yeah, until somebody died, yep. and then you were responsible for that death, or the you know the rise, you know the rise, the peak didn't happen; it just kept spreading and spreading and spreading. And everybody's looking at you like, why did why did you make the wrong decision? So criticism's a luxury, and I think that both the bishops, as you said, didn't take this lightly, and uh, and I think I don't think any bishop took it lightly, quite honestly. But I just think we're going to see Ram, you know, the consequences of this long term is going to you know I don't think people realize how much like how far this is going to spread into the future yeah. both in the economy and the ci- the cities the states the country the we, church mark my words we are at the very beginning of this thing now we went through the it was like it's like a nuclear explosion here we boom, go boom. Here, everybody get ready here we go cuz <laughs> uh boom it hit and we didn't know what was going on if you remember the initial narrative of covid-19 was we need uh, to back off, we need to quarantine, we need to get a hold of the curve because we can't overwhelm the hospitals. And somewhere that shifted over the course of time to we need to eradicate this virus. And I think what was going on in all of it is that we just simply did not understand what exactly what exactly this thing was. And so all of that happened, stimulus checks, government response, church response, and now the dust is sort of settled, and I think we can all kind of feel more stability coming on. But all of a sudden, boom, California closes again. And so we're heading someplace. The question is where, and that is going to be the topic of straight talk 
with the, the brothers. brothers. Oh man, there's the Here number. So we want get on your phones. Call in one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two one eight seven seven nine five zero one two two Facebook. However you want to communicate Give it with to us straight. Give it to us straight, because it is time for Straight Talk with the Brothers! And the topic of Straight Talk with the Brothers is... What the heck is going on? one 877 We want you live on the Sons of Thunder If you're show. like us, you're asking the same question. What and the you, heck is going what on? What the heck is going on? We uh, Joining us here to, to this afternoon, this morning, um, we've got two seminarians that you'll have uh, Father Josh introduce since he was the former vocation director. Still no. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I still am until August 1st because the new vocation director has taken a 30-day silent retreat. So, But we have two uh, seminary guests, Grant Dvorak, who's studying at the North American College in Rome, Logan Obergiewicz, who's studying at St. Louis, Kendrick Lennon Seminary. And we're just going to talk a little bit about their experience uh, in regards to this. Uh, and we'll kind of use that as our platform. And, uh, you know, as questions come in, we'll, we'll move along with that. So maybe, guys, I, you can just each... Speak from your own uh, experience of what it was, what what it was like, what led up to it. Because I know, like, there was uh, you guys, especially at Kenrick and in Rome, like, because you guys understand they have these big seminaries, <clears throat> these houses. They're they're basically full of guys that are quarantined, <laughs> so they're not going out into the city. Everything's provided, food, education, all this thing, all this stuff. So uh, I, as vocation director, was sure that you guys were going to stay, and I think you guys probably were too, and then all of a sudden, you know, so maybe I don't. either one of you can speak to what that was like. Yeah, for Kenneth Glennon anyway. Um, yeah, for Kenneth Glennon, um, we ended up hearing on March 16th that we were going to depart, and two days later we actually had to leave the seminary, but initially a lot of us at Kenrick were thinking we were going to stay, but um, the response that the seminary had was actually really good, just getting that transition to online courses we still had live stream daily masses and everything like that so that was like huge for us but initially we we thought we were going to stay because in a certain sense we're pretty self-sufficient we had you know all the men there professors come into the seminary um you know we're we have we eat our meals there so we really thought we were gonna stay for the rest of the semester yeah. i can tell you it was uh, a shockwave for me because you know we went into the quarantine and then yeah, I never even thought of it. I know I'm a, I'm a guy who takes a lot of seminarians in the summer for summer experiences. And then all of a sudden I get a call from father Josh one day. That's shockwave for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all of a sudden I got 20, uh, 24 guys, 23 guys. On, they're like, what are we going to do Def, with them? Defcon five. So, um, you know, we're down to both of you guys now, but we had three and we've had that since, what, how many months has it been? Five months or something? April. April, uh, and so, you know, in, in the midst of all of that, it wasn't just guys coming home, uh, but I had first-hand personal experience. I anointed an individual who later on was discovered to have had it, and so I, I got, you know, quarantined in my room for two weeks, which I thought it was going to be like, hey, this is going to be kind of a relaxing retreat, and it really was more like a, you know... Prison camp, really. We uh, <laughs> first five days are probably. Yeah, fun. I'm telling you, two fourteen days in your room, uh, and then the weather turned sour. I was out walking the dog. And at least you know, after about day eight, they were like, you can you know keep twenty one feet from someone. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, people were delivering food to my door. I had a good friend in the parish that brought dinner to me when we had a had a drink. He was out in the yard and I was inside of my in, inside of my room <laughs> having having a beer. And it was it was people were driving by honking, waving at father. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the experience. Now, Grant Dvorak, a seminarian at the North American College. So he was. Right in the the heat of it. Well, I'm going to give this phone number out real quick before we get his explanation because it's a, it's it's quite an interesting story. One eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. One eight seven seven one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you want to call in with any comments about COVID nineteen during uh, Straight Talk with the Brothers, but Grant Dvorak was over in Rome, which is in Italy, which was like the hotbed. Of the virus, right, your experience, right. what, what was it like? Yeah, it was kind of crazy being in the hotbed. We, fortunately in Rome, it wasn't as bad as northern Italy, and so we knew we were kind of safe. We have kind of, like Logan was saying, uh, just a fortress of our seminary, so we were able to quarantine by, our, by ourselves. The faculty was doing a good job of keeping us fed, and activity, we still had online classes, all this different stuff. Um, but it wasn't until mid-March when... Uh, some of the bishops wanted their guys to come home, and so some of, the, some of them did. We stayed for another two weeks, and it was then that the seminary actually shut down. So well, I was going to say, so there was a point where half the college went home. Right. And I, had, I FaceTimed with these guys over in Rome, and one of the seminary they're all sitting together, and then one of the seminaries, Nick Vetter, uh, got up and kind of like came up to the camera, and he's like, Father, I want you to know we're all willing to go down with the ship. <laughs> so we, we, we made the decision, the bishop and I made the decision to keep our men at the seminary with the understanding that they were going to stay. Yep. Uh, and then two weeks later, uh, and it was kind of strange too, because when you guys were sent home was literally the highest point of infection rate. And they, <laughs> they flew from Rome, <clears throat> which was terrible yep. to New York, yep. which was even worse <laughs> back to Bismarck. And then we immediately was actually just so everybody knows uh, that we're not, you know, uh, foolish in the way we handle this. We had a car waiting for them at the airport with the keys. They all got into the car, drove out to some farmstead by Linton, away from everybody where food was there, water was there, yeah. and these guys all quarantined together. And then there was a little bit of a scare because one of the guys started having some symptoms. Right. And the way I don't, if you understand all this stuff, like if one guy gets it. All those guys have to go another two weeks <clears throat> to make sure that they're not symptomatic. So yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. So one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We are on straight talk with the brothers, and we are uh, basically just talking about the timeline uh, where we have been. We're going to kind of move into what's going on now, and uh, even addressing. Uh, you know, where, where we're going into the future, because that's really the question right now. And I, as I was saying earlier, I'm not totally sure that we have any idea about that. I mean, Bishop was on, Bishop Kagan, just a little bit ago, and he did make the comment, uh, you know, will this ever return to normal was the question. And he said, you know, may, maybe the normal that we once knew uh, we will not see again. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's the million-dollar question across the globe right now. Is life as we knew it ever coming back gone. to the right? Is it gone? Is it is it gone? And you know that's why we are addressing this particular segment. What the heck is going on? And you know where 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 are we headed? I mean, I just was reading news this morning. 
uh, having a cup of coffee, and you know, Governor Newsom, is that how you pronounce it? Newsom in California, uh, has shut everything down again. You know, and so, you know, what a third wave, fourth wave, and what's going to happen in the fall with schools? What's going to happen in the fall, uh, you know, with seminary? Uh, Our guys going back, if they do get back, do they stay? There's going to be a lot of movement um, in the months of late August, September, October. Well, even 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 in Europe, because there's, you know, there's a ban right now. And so we've, we're talking with the Italian consulates, and they're saying, you know, if you have your visas, you can come back. If you don't, you can't. And so, like, what does that look like by the time we hit August? And then do we take these guys and do we throw them into other seminaries? Is there room in other seminaries? Are those other seminaries going to be? You know, like, what does it look like? I mean, I was even talking to a friend of mine over there, and he said that <clears throat> there's a possibility when the guys get to Rome, they actually have to do a two-week quarantine in their room. So that means no mass. No, you know, if food is being brought to you or something, and we're talking like what a hundred and how many guys are there right now? One hundred eighty. One hundred eighty guys. How like, many at Kenrick? One hundred thirty. It's one hundred thirty to forty. Yeah. So I mean, it's this is a massive undertaking, like Meals on Wheels on steroids, you know, <laughs> trying to get around the hallways. So you I know, don't, I don't know. And I, so in the back of my mind, I, I I've been questioning, you know, as one who is. Like I said, locked in my room for two weeks. You know the state of everybody's mental health. No doubt. You know, and and, and I want to I don't want to reduce Chaz or Chop. You know, to this because I know there's some larger issues that need to be discussed and are being addressed in this nation. Uh, but I can't help but to think maybe some of the you know reaction, especially the violent reactions. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like the perfect alignment of planets. We lock everybody up for three months. And you know? everybody's already unstable. Yeah, right. right. The country's you know, unstable and, already. And then, and then you know, we have firecracker incidences across the country, and boom. You know, I mean, everybody goes, you know, really over, over the edge with it. And some crazy things were happening all over the country, if not all over the world, which is another thing that has really got my attention. Number one was for the first time in 2,000 years, the entire globe, literally everybody, I want you to consider this for a moment, the mass went, mass went dark. Um, and the public mass was not being celebrated. I'm not saying that it even could be celebrated. I'm just saying that that's never happened. You know, like, I mean, we've had World War One, We've had World War Two, You know, we had the, the flu of whatever it was, 1917, um, the Spanish flu that killed millions of people. A lot of things have we've seen, you know, not the, the bluebonic plague. Uh, you know, if we, the Protestant Reformation, I mean, a lot of different stuff. I and like that you put the Protestant Reformation in with the bubonic plague <laughs> <laughs> and the <laughs> Spanish kind of <laughs> came to mind. You know, crusades, all of these different things, and yet we have never, we've never seen that. So that was the first thing that, you know, really I was like, you know, what the heck is going on? You know, and then if, you know, following that, it wasn't just riots that, you know, were in Seattle or in Minneapolis or... You know, we've seen that, right? I mean, if you think of Rodney King in the 90s, I can remember that. Or, you know, even I wasn't around in the 60s, but some of the stuff that was going on there. But this, we had people in Paris and Ireland. You know, I had people contacting friends of mine across the the globe that were saying, you know, they're rioting over George Floyd in Paris. You know, and then all of a sudden other things, other issues in a lot of these countries started to surface. And, you know, so that was a global phenomenon. And now... I, I'm really, I, I've got my eye on, on you know, the, the sort of economic end of this. You know, where, where is, 
you know, another three trillion dollars. Just reading a, a inflation story the, this morning, where they were re- referencing how much money has been spent. There, everyone, we've we've in the last quarter, or maybe it was the first quarter, whatever the, whatever the last several months have been, we have spent somewhere to the equivalent of like five to seven trillion dollars. So it wasn't just that stimulus package. It's all this other money that's being pumped into the economy. I don't know. Maybe that creates one of the best economies that we're about ready to see ever in the history of the world because just so much money is. Well, been if you're put making monopoly it. money and throwing it into the, well, and that's, <laughs> you, know, like, you can make anything look good. What the heck is going on? You know, like I mean, if it, has anybody considered that? What is money? You know, where is this money coming from? What is it backed by? And if we can just print money like this and debt's no big deal, then why aren't we doing this all the time? You know, why does anybody even have a job anymore? And so I think for, for a lot of people, uh, there are some major questions that are going on that, that nobody has the answer to, and therefore we really don't know where we're going. So call in one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. One eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can actually, if you don't want to be on the phone, you can get on Facebook and uh, you can just write us in a message or a question uh, or a comment that you want to make. We are uh, on Straight Talk with the Brothers, and the subject is what the heck what is, is going, going on? on? <laughs> so, moving forward with this topic, I think one of the the big questions uh, for a lot of people because they have children is what is going on with schools uh, as we, you know, uh, sort of launch into the fall. Um, and we've got two seminarians here, Logan Obregewich and Grant Dvorak, living at St. Leo's uh, Catholic Church, assigned here not only for the summer, but a few months before as they uh, return to seminary. And we got the vocation, sort of vocation director, Father no, Josh. I'm still fully vocation <laughs> uh, But anyway, Father Jordan Dosh is taking over that position. Um, as time goes on, but what do you expect, Father Josh, in regards to seminarians returning? Uh, what are you hearing from seminaries at this point in time? Well, I'm very optimistic. <clears throat> I'm very optimistic, I think, because not only do I want to get these guys back into formation and not have to set up an entire formation <laughs> program of my own, uh, but also, too, I have a school at St. Joseph's, and we've been ramping up trying to get ready for the school year. It sounds, <clears throat> um, you know, at least state... Uh, that we will be opening uh, for schools. What that looks like, I don't know. Uh, what the restrictions are going to be, I don't know that either. Uh, Has anybody given you a definitive thing, though? So, like that we are opening exactly. Because the question I know is is the delegate for Catholic Ed with a lot of parents right now is, you know, what can you give us something definitive? And you know, right now a lot of those decisions across the United States have not been made yet. So these are major institutions, right? You know, and so are they the rectors of these institutions saying? You know, Father Josh Waltz, yes, they are to return on this state for sure. Doors are going to be wide open, or is it kind of like, well, we don't really know It's yet. kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the the major reason why any, I mean, everybody's waiting on their bishop. So the rectors, obviously, I mean, they're ramping up like they're going to start because they need a plan. If they don't, <clears throat> that plan doesn't happen, and then, I mean, they have different jobs all year, or they're going to do online formation in some capacity. I don't know. But I just, I'd find it, if schools are opening, seminaries are opening. <clears throat> and, uh, and I think schools are going to be open. They have to open. I think that people are, are at their wit's end. Uh, they got just a little experience. You know, I taught for six years and 
you know, I think teachers are probably the most underappreciated people in the world. And I think people just got a little taste of how grateful they should be for schools because <clears throat> when you're trying to homeschool <laughs> an entire nation. And look, it wasn't homeschooling. I want to be clear about that because these were lesson plans that's a good with point. online learning. You know, I mean, when you're actually having to develop all of that on your own, that's a whole right. other level. And we were just trying to, like, learn at home, basically, is what was going on with that. But it does raise some you know, serious concerns w- with that. I mean, is that the new normal? Parents, if you're listening right now, imagine <laughs> that is the new normal. Like, everybody's confined to their house. and uh, I think we'd have a straight-up rebellion. if. And that's my <laughs> whole point. Where, right, buckle up. Here we go again. Yeah, where is this all going? We cannot live like this uh, inevitably. And maybe a vaccine uh, changes all that. That's, that's, my, that's my hope. But there are so many unanswered questions with no one heading into the fall. Everyone, we are in late, mid to late July. I know Governor Burgum, I think, is coming out either, I think it might actually be today or tomorrow, um, with what he's going to be doing with schools. Hey, speaking about Governor Burgum, does anybody else just love the sign language lady that... <laughs> Right. She's the most animated person I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, sorry. I have to say, though, you know, that actually is a, a really beautiful thing that came out of all this. I can remember Bishop Austin Vetter, his uh, brother, Mike Vetter's son, um, is, uh, has, is hearing impaired. And, and he would always say, you know, it would, it's so nice when a, when a pastor recognizes that these people with these challenges are in his parish and get somebody to sign either for Sunday Mass, but most especially for Christmas or Easter. And it was like all of a sudden, somehow that kind of came online with mm. all of the, across the country, you always saw that signer there. And I thought, you know, there's always a silver lining um, to all of these things. And, and that clearly was something that kind of dawned on somebody that, hey, there's a whole community here that we need to be, you know, connecting with. But back to the point. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so, I totally so, derailed yeah, that. No, so... <laughs> Are are we getting, we have, if I'm hearing you correctly, we're getting a definitive, we don't know if we're going back to seminary or not, and we're waiting on governors. Uh, bishops. Who, bishops are waiting on governors. Seminaries are waiting on bishops. And that's where it's just extremely interesting because that means, everyone, that I'm not calling this a political issue. It's a real issue, but it is in the political realm, which says this. If this is all polarized and disconnected and dysfunctional, heading into an election in particular, where are we going? Because it's really going to break down to the state. Now, fortunately, here in North Dakota, we've got two great bishops and a great governor. You know, and everybody's getting along, and, and that's why it's been so seamless, all of this that's been happening. But, you know, you get out to California, or you get onto the coasts, and I, I'm not so sure that it's really seamless out there, and everybody is, is getting along. So... Um, It'll be interesting to see where, where all of it goes, and we're just not getting that particular uh, definitive you know, yes or no or dates or any of this stuff, so we'll stay tuned for those types of things. Call in with your question, one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. or you can uh, get on the Facebook page and even anonymously just you know, type something in. And that question, in fact, will get to us. We have an anonymous uh, person who has done just that. And this particular question uh, is, is it a sin uh, not to go to Mass because of fear of being in crowds? Question, first part of the question. And the second part of the question is, we participate as a family each week and daily online 
Uh, daily online, that's wonderful. Uh, just not in person. So, once again, I think here's the, here's the anonymous question. Is it a sin not to go to Mass because of fear uh, of being in, in, in a crowd right now? And I'm assuming the, the underlying you know, uh, context of that, obviously, is... Uh, COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a lot of things we could talk about in this. Number one, fear uh, is a huge thing that's that's driving everything with this virus, as far as I can see. Second of all, obligation uh, is something big. Third of all is is crowds. Um, So, yeah, Sunday, my 1030 Mass at St. Joe's is packed. Uh, We we do the best we can having our ushers seat families together. We have, you know, a pew is blocked off between each of them. And we, we were following the restrictions of the diocese. <clears throat> but if you wanted to go to, say, daily mass, uh, you can sit anywhere. Uh, and you're totally safe. We disinfect the church. Uh, if you wanted to, you know, and you were worried about communion, you could be either the first one up or you could be the last one up, you know, to make sure that you're keeping your distance. Um, <clears throat> so, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to answer that. Is it a sin? Uh, right now, well, let's let's hold that because we got two seminarians here. We're gonna, <laughs> see what, we're, we're gonna see if they can answer this question. So, since you're on straight chalk with the brothers, is it a sin not to go to mass uh, because of fear of being in a crowd? Give it to us straight. <laughs> so, I would initially say the the obligation has been lifted at this point, so it would not be a sin. That's my answer. So explain um, that a little bit for our listeners. So the obligation and who can lift it and how, how that works. Yeah, so that's up to, um, you know, particular circumstances like this with COVID-19. Um, the bishops are able to lift that obligation, so basically remove... Um, the obligation to go to Sunday Mass. So the penalty of mortal sin is what Bishop was talking about earlier. Exactly. So that uh, just real quick then to the anonymous uh, who who asked this question. Uh, straight up and down, Logan Obergewish has just given it to us straight. <laughs> and no, because uh, the canonical requirement of having to go to Mass has been lifted. Now that may not be the case, I don't know, in yep. your respective diocese. I think every diocese still in the United States right now mm-hmm. has that in place even though we're back in church. So, uh, I think the bigger question though is be when the obligation is <clears throat> reinstated, um, is it sinful to go beca- you know, because of fear? Uh, and that, that's, a, that's a much bigger question. The, my answer would simply be this. <clears throat> you know, we should never, ever be driven by fear. Uh, if you want the devil's fuel, <clears throat> it's fear. What are the, you know, the, the, sin, the seven deadly sins are seven different faces of fear. Well, well and we got Jeremy from Bismarck. I'm going to get to Bill here in a second. We got people writing in like crazy here. We love this. I think they just, uh, you know, the Sons of Thunder always have a great response in this. Um, but let's start with Because we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with you, because we're not afraid of the topics. You know, Jeremy from or the Bismarck. Truth, man. Or the truth, Jeremy from Bismarck. Uh, um, well, let's go to Bill here first. Uh, Bill called in. This is a really awesome comment. Bill called in and just wanted to mention uh, that when he was a child in the 30s and the 40s, Polio was rampant, he says, uh, and nothing was shut down. Uh, His mother, he says, encouraged him and his siblings to constantly wash their hands and be safe. Everything went on as normal until the vaccine was developed. And so uh, I I haven't done enough research into the polio thing, nor the the Spanish flu plague, but it it seemed as though 
Uh, they sort of did the same thing then. Now, maybe there was a lack of the science that we have. Maybe it's because of the things that we went to. I mean, we have to say 50 million people died globally with the Spanish flu. And a lot of people got really sick with polio. Uh, who was the president? Franklin Roosevelt, right? Didn't mm -hmm. he have it? And took away his legs and, and was very disabled. And, and so, um, but we made it through those things. And so, Bill, we want to thank you for that comment. I was even... Considering, you know, my church was built in 1908. Josh's was back in even earlier than 1904. You know, I mean, these, these church structures, that the people of the time actually went through uh, these, these particular things. So uh, this is certainly not, you know, not the, not the first time that the church has been through that. And that's what Jeremy I here is saying from Bismarck. He says, all of the saints who have ever lived uh, have never had any fear of previous pandemics, right? Where does that stand among the priests in the diocese? Question, uh, when else in history have we seen priests stop giving sacraments? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. That, that might be a bit over the top. I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't stopped giving sacraments. Um, in fact, like I know, I mean, I've had to go to the different nursing homes and gowned up like crazy. No, 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 but I think he's talking about the first wave of this thing because this... this uh, well, and I don't... But for, for the record here, I mean, yes, I, he's, he's got a point. But we, we were stopped from giving sacraments. We didn't choose to stop giving them. We weren't allowed... To give them right, and that could that could be by state regulations, the nursing homes, all this stuff. But <clears throat> I think again, I'm going to go back to my initial point of fear. We should never ever be driven by fear. We have, to, I mean, we have to have common sense. And like you know, who was the other guy that said you know, wash your hands and be smart. But we don't. I, I think the the response to this is just out of control. And the news media narratives are just they're so driven at fear because fear controls people. Well, and here's again, I'm gonna. We cannot visit this enough because we are early in this, right, everybody? It started with, which I really do believe was a, a prudent and responsible response to this. We don't know what this is. I mean, if this thing would have been at Ebola level, exactly. you know, and I'm not trying to dis diminish the deaths that we've had. We've had globally, you know, many, many people that have died. But Ebola would ravage the world on a level of hundreds of millions of people. And so nobody knew what it was. You know, we didn't really have any information from the Chinese or we all know that whole story. And so, boom, we, 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 we took a step back, did the prudent and responsible thing, and said, okay, now that we've reopened and we're sort of getting our arms around what it is, uh, its contagiousness, its death rate, all of these types of things, I think the underlying question, and this is why I say, what the heck is going on and where in the heck are we going? Because if there is a, another big outbreak in the fall, so do we do all this again? Do we spend trillions more and, and so forth and so on? And that's where Jeremy's question from Bismarck, I think, is a very good one, right? What, what happens, not, not what did happen, because that was the prudent response. I, Jeremy, I don't know. You know, maybe there were pockets of areas uh, of which this has happened. I do think it's very interesting that this is a global phenomenon. But, but what happens into the future? And, is in, in, you know, these are questions that I don't think have been answered yet, and I don't think we've arrived at it. And so I want to thank you for that question, uh, Jeremy. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough one because, you know, us priests are in, you know, in, in unison with, with uh, whoever our bishop is, who is in working tirelessly with, with whatever the governor and, and state health officials and so forth and so on. And so I don't have an answer for you. 
um, as to where this is going or what the future looks like. But uh, as far as I know, um, there probably have been pockets of situations in our history in which uh, the sacraments um, have not been given. I know. I know. Certainly, when if you go back to the, the you know the, the high mass and even like missionary work, I mean, it's the, these people were traveling on boats and not even celebrating the mass for months um, until they got to wherever they were going. And sometimes they didn't have what they needed, and so that's uh, you know a, a little bit more vague. But at, at the same time, I, I, I think it is safe to say historically, we have never seen this on a global level like we're seeing it now, uh, and so uh, we're going to be bringing this topic up in the future. Uh, and so we, we, what the heck is going on with Straight Talk with the Brothers, and we want you to generate your questions. Uh, but up next, stay tuned, because we're going to hear an amazing conversion story. Uh, one man's life was literally saved uh, from addiction when God intervened in a beautiful way, uh, and I'm telling you, it is, it is going to be uh, an absolute, tre- absolutely tremendous segment. We're titling this new segment, Real, Real People, People, Real, Real Problems. Problems. Real conversions, and we will see you after the break.